0: You're listening to the RV Homeschool Podcast, where we make travel educational and fun. Today, we are talking about expensive RV parks. Are they worth the price? Thank you for listening to the RV Homeschool Podcast. I am your host, Amber Steuven. Usually our podcast covers national parks and other fun adventures for your RV traveling family. We travel in our Jayco Seneca throughout the different parks, and we're trying to take our daughters to all of the national parks before they head off to college. So we usually have the viewpoint of traveling to places with a large motorhome and towing and we usually have our dog with us, so we have that viewpoint as well. Today though, I wanted to do something a little different. So in looking back at our first year of traveling in our Super C, we went to a number of different campsites and different types of places to park. In total, we put on almost 15,000 miles. We went to two different countries, 23 states, and we spent 15 weeks in our RV in that first year. So the campsites ranged from mooching from relatives and parking for free in their driveways to spending $240 per night for an RV site. So I wanted to look back at the five most expensive places that we stayed this past year and talk about what you get for that price and whether or not it's really worth it. Think of this as an extended review. We do have video reviews on most of these sites on our YouTube channel, but in this one, I'll probably maybe go into a little bit more depth about um, some of the things we liked or didn't like and whether or not it's really worth that price. To start, I do have four considerations to think about. So the first is location is probably the most important thing. So these locations are not going to be in Salina, Kansas. No offense to salina there's actually a really nice koa there in salina just off of i70 we've stayed there many times for overnights as we're driving on i70 but the point is that salina kansas koa is not going to cost you 240 dollars per night so these are places where the location itself is going to make the price point higher the second consideration is that the pricing that i'm considering is the full out-of-pocket cost So if they list on their website that they're $40 a night, but then there's $5 extra per person, and then there's a charge for the dog, and then there's high taxes for the area, and a surcharge for the management booking fee, and blah, 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 all that stuff, I'm looking at what's the actual cash price of money out of my pocket to stay there per night. So this might differ from the rates that you're seeing listed, because it's going to take into account what's the real cost to us when we stay there. The third consideration is that our stays involve two kids, so sometimes that's adding extra people, and then a dog, and the 37-foot motorhome, which tows a Jeep. So we often need the deluxe or premium sites in order to accommodate that length and having enough space for our family and, and what we need. So that might change the type of site we need versus what you might need. And then the fourth consideration is that our stay doesn't indicate what will happen for your stay. So this is, of course, just my opinion. There's no endorsement or payment for any of these different places, and feel free to add your experience and your thoughts about these different places or other places we should consider or that are a great value, even though it's a high price, or maybe you should consider moving on. if you have the chance to go to that RV park. So I have pictures of these places on our Instagram, which is at RV Homeschool. And then you can also go to the website and pull up this post at rvhomeschool.online and you can share your opinion about different places. And I'd love to hear about other places that you have loved to stay at. Not necessarily super expensive, but just really great experiences. Let's move on to the five RV parks. So we're going to do this in order of the fifth most expensive going all the way up to the most expensive place we stayed in the first year of having our RV. So the first on the list, which is meaning the fifth most expensive place that we stayed in this past year, coming in at $100 per night is the East Glacier KOA. So the East Glacier KOA is a KOA holiday and as you would expect for a KOA holiday. It has all the amenities, um, things like picnic table, level site, the fire pit or, or an area to do a fire. We actually used our propane fire most of the time that we were there. There's a pool, there's a hot tub, there's different outdoor activities like bocce ball and stuff, firewood, camp store, some different activities that they have. And then, of course, the location is amazing because you are just five minutes outside of Glacier National Park on the east side, approaching it from the east side. Location is great. Location alone makes it worth the price because you only have three options on that side of the mountain. So if you want to stay on the east side of Glacier, from what I can tell, there's three places to stay, and this was a really nice one. We really like this KOA. We would definitely stay here again. They have kind of like a cafe espresso place. They have pet sitters so you can pay them to come and open up your RV and let your pet out if you're going to be spending a lot of time in the park. We didn't utilize that service, but I, I know that it was available. They also have a shuttle, I believe, that goes from the campground to the entrance of Glacier National Park. So if you've traveled up there and you don't have a tow vehicle, you're not going to be able to drive your RV into Glacier National Park, um, at least not much further than the first mile to where the campground's at. There is an NPS campground, by the way, and that's only like $30 a night, but it doesn't have any hookups. It fills up really quickly, so it's hard to get in there, and that's as far as your RV can go. So you're not going to be able to drive your RV on the the going-to-the-sun road. You'll have to take the NPS shuttle system or the Red Jeep Tours or your own personal vehicle. So it's nice that this KOA has a shuttle bus that can get you over to the park if you don't have a tow vehicle with you. The amazing views that are here are just spectacular you can see saint mary's lake kind of off in the distance and then you have all the huge majestic peaks that jolt out of the ground and tower above that and it's just amazing that's part of the whole feel and look of glacier and it's incredible to be there I guess the only downside that we thought is that the pool was absolutely freezing. So we were there the end of June. They claim that it's a heated pool. It might have been heated, but it still probably couldn't have been more than 70 degrees. So the kids tried to go in it and tried to play. But within, you know, a few minutes, the little one's lips are turning purple and they decided to just hang out and play in the hot tub. So all the little kids that should have been in the pool were hanging out in the hot tub because it was the only place they could tolerate So I don't know if that's typical. Somebody else who was there said that there's really only a couple weeks in the summer where the pool's hot enough to use it. Um, And I guess they come there frequently and they were mentioning that. So I don't know what the deal was. I can tell you on the other side of the mountain, the KOA has no problem heating their pool. So don't know what's going on. But overall, I still would say that it's worth the $100 cost. Like I said, NPS sites are available in Glacier if you can get them when they open up. There's, I think there's only like 84 sites. And this is one of the most visited parks in the whole country. It's in the top 10 for national parks in terms of visitation, even though it's only really open and accessible for three months of the summer. So it's a very popular park. It's hard to get in there. It's hard to get into this St. Mary's KOA as well so try to book early if you don't book early though we ended up booking our trip about six weeks before we went so you could just got to keep looking and see if somebody can cancel your best bet is to book early but I would say that this place was worth the cost of $100 a night we've paid close to that for other places and not as desirable of a location and there's so few options on the east side of the mountain that I'd say this one was worth it The next on the list, meaning the fourth most expensive RV park where we stayed this past year, coming in at $114 per night, is the Pigeon Forge KOA. And we knew nothing about Pigeon Forge. When we were heading to the Smokies, we had heard from somebody that Townsend is the quiet side of the mountain and Pigeon Forge Gatlinburg is the more fun family party side. So we thought that's probably going to work for us a little bit better. When we were driving into town, you drive on this strip of road and I I swear it's just like a family friendly country version of Las Vegas. So you were driving on the strip and there are hotels and shops and dinner playhouse theaters and all sorts of different stuff all along the side of you. I mean, crazy hotels. There's a hotel that looks like it's upside down. So I, it's just, it was mind-blowing. It was crazy. And our kids had never seen Vegas. They'd never been down the strip of Vegas. So this was just mind-blowing to them to see all this. There's a ton of stuff to do. Anything that you could want to do, touristy thing, you can do here. Plus, you're only, you know, 15 minutes from the entrance for the Smoky Mountains, which is great and why we were down there. You're also only a couple of minutes drive maybe you could even walk to Dollywood. So it's super close to Dollywood. It's just off of the main strip so if you wanted to just walk to the main strip and walk around the town for a bit you could do that from the Pigeon Forge KOA. Um, One of the things that we really liked is they have all the amenities. We were there during Halloween so it wasn't the time of year we're hanging out in the pool and stuff. We didn't get to try that out but The campsites laid out nicely. We had a deluxe site which had a really nice fire pit and like stone benches around it so that we had somewhere to sit and enjoy the fire pit. I don't think we actually used it though because the kids were so busy with Halloween activities. They had a ton of different activities that were going on because it was the weekend before Halloween. So they had pumpkin carving and a bunch of different things that were kind of under this tent that the staff was putting on for the kids in the area. So there was a ton to do. The place was absolutely packed and packed packed with people who probably were there for at least that weekend and maybe for the whole week leading up into Halloween because they had their sites decorated and really well decorated too. So the people around it made it just as enjoyable as the, the KOA itself. So, And I get the feeling that that probably is the way it is at this KOA, that they really work to have activities and make it a very family-friendly type of place. I think maybe the only downside is that There seems like there's other RV parks in the area. There's a Jellystone nearby that looks like it's nice. There's a couple other places that you could stay, and it looks like they might be a little less expensive. So, if you're wanting to go in this area, I don't know that you'd have to feel like you had to go to this KOA um, that that could make or break your trip. So, I think next time we go through the Smoky Mountains, if we end up staying on this side, that we probably would check out one of the other RV parks just to be able to compare it and see what we thought of somewhere else. So was it worth the price? You know, I I think when there's other options of places to stay that might be just as nice, I'm not entirely sure it's worth the extra, you know, 30, $40 per night to be there at that KOA versus some of the other nearby parks. The third most expensive place where we stayed was the West Glacier KOA. So this KOA is on the other side of the mountain, on the west side of Glacier National Park. And this cost us $120 per night. This KOA should be the model for every other KOA in the country. It is so phenomenal. My husband called it his favorite park that we have been to in the last 15 months. So he just loved it. We all loved it. We would all put it in our top five. Absolutely. It's a KOA resort, which the resort title is only given to the best KOAs in the country. I believe at this point in time, when I'm recording this in 2019, there's only seven KOA resorts in the country. So this is one of those resorts. What you can find at a place like this, at least at a KOA resort and at this West Glacier KOA resort, beautiful landscaping. The, the sites are kind of typical RV sites. I mean, we had a nice deluxe site. We had a big fire pit and then we had stone seating that was around it. We had a nice picnic table with an umbrella. There was a big outdoor grill. Um, we didn't even use most of those features cause we were spending so much time in Glacier National Park, but it was a beautiful site to be at. And then the other thing is they have all this big green space where the kids can just pick up a soccer game and our girls did a lot of that. There's a basketball court, a big pool, which has like some water features to it that made it really fun, a couple of hot tubs and an adult pool. So there's a separate area if you don't want to have to be around little kids. Um, beautiful landscaping. I might already said that walking trails and hiking trails. So they just have a ton of features. Oh, and of course they have the camp store and then they have a cooking place where you can get some food. There's a little coffee cart area, um, like coffee shop type place. So, uh, tons of activities. They actually had live entertainment under a tent, the two nights that we were there around the 4th of July. So they have a ton of stuff that they're doing. It was really a great inviting place for kids to be able to just play and be around other kids and tons of things to do. This also is really close to Glacier National Park on the west entrance. So it takes you about maybe five to 10 minutes to drive into the park, which makes it nice and close. And we would stay here every single time we go to Glacier um, for sure. And I highly recommend it. We have a great video on both the East Glacier KOA and the West Glacier KOA that's on YouTube. You could, you probably could just search West Glacier KOA or St. Mary's East Glacier KOA and you should be able to find those on YouTube from RV Homeschool. Now the runner up for the most expensive RV park came in at $150 per night. And this was the wonderful, my favorite, oh, I just love it, Fort Wilderness. So if you've been to Fort Wilderness or you know about Fort Wilderness, you don't even have to listen to this part. You know why it's worth the money and why it is what it is. But Fort Wilderness, for those who might not know, is Walt Disney World's Campsites that they have. So this is a big open space that is designated with hundreds of RV sites. The the RV sites are pretty tight and close together because this was this campground was built years ago before we were all lugging our 37 and 40 foot RVs and towing our cars along and stuff. So the sites are a little tight and a little small to fit into. We ended up going with a premium site. We were in the meadows area, which is really nice because you're close to a nice pool, and you're not too far from either end of the uh, um, campground if you want to go either to the marina or you want to head back up to the front. So uh, we liked the location where we were at. I think that Disney now is putting places like the Meadows on a premium. So you pay a little bit more to be in that site versus somewhere maybe at the front entrance of the Fort Wilderness. It's on Disney grounds which and it's one of the Disney properties. It's considered a moderate resort. So you get all of the things you would get on being a Disney guest. So things like the transportation throughout, you get the free transportation. You can do the dining plan, which you can't do if you're staying off site. And there's just a bunch of other benefits being on Disney property and you'll get that by being here at Fort Wilderness. And just for a comparison, I know $150 per night sounds like crazy high and ridiculous, but at Fort Wilderness, they have a number of activities that you're getting with that cost. So of course you have your different pools and you have um, activities that they're doing, uh, things that they host, um, depending on the time of the year. We were there at Halloween and Halloween is spectacular. There's a beach bash and there's the golf cart parade. That's actually pretty much put on by the people that are staying there, Uh, but the park supports it and lets it kind of take place and happen there's um, all sorts of things with the fireworks and being able to go over to the marina and hear the music from the fireworks that are going on at the magic kingdom so you get a lot of things that are part of being a guest and being on disney property that you get at four wilderness so that makes it great also if you're comparing you know a moderate resort for Disney Walt Disney World, you're looking easily at three hundred to six hundred dollars per night per room. So if you have a family we just have the two girls, right? So we can smash into one room with two queen beds. But my friends that have three or four kids, they're looking at buying two hotel rooms, having to book two rooms in order to accommodate the family size. And when you're starting to do that now, what should have, what could have been $150 to stay at Fort Wilderness is skyrocketing to $1,000 a night to stay there. So when I tell people that we went to Disney World for eight days and seven nights, we had Five days in the park, we had the dining plan, which gave us full table service dining, and we had our accommodation at Fort Wilderness, and it was $5,000 for the four of us. That's actually a steal when it comes to Disney. You couldn't do that if you were having to stay at one of the hotels, so... I realize 150 sounds crazy, and maybe you only do it once while your kids are young, although you do not need kids to go to Disney World because it's the greatest place on earth. But this is a place worth checking out. This is by far my favorite place that we have stayed, and I'm not sure anywhere could ever top it, but that's also because I love Disney World. So that was the runner-up for the most expensive. And believe it or not, it is not the most expensive place where we stayed this last year. The number one most expensive place that we stayed this last year, coming in at $240 per night with a seven night minimum, mind you, was the Blue Water Key RV Resort in the Florida Keys. The Blue Water Key RV Resort, you may have heard of it. It really is beautiful. I'm really glad that we went there. We got to see it. We got to experience it. It's Luxury, definitely you have these, um, they're all privately owned sites. So the owners really do a lot to landscape and put different trees and foliage between the different RV sites. So it feels very private. Every site, I believe every site has a tiki hut or some sort of enclosed space where you can be sitting outside, but be under the shade and not boiling under the sun. We also had, um, the deck that went right into the water and then we could keep our paddleboard and stuff with us because they had a dock and we were able to go straight out into the bay we were on the bayside and we were in a premium bayside site so they don't all have to cost that much but the one we were in that was the cost for it definitely a beautiful location a quiet place to go which is nice when you want some quiet it's sometimes a little tough when you have kids and a dog and it's not necessarily um i don't know we didn't feel like it was a super kid friendly place they have a pool but there's nothing special about the pool just a typical rectangular pool um and we did get to see a few kids the first day at the pool and that was really exciting and then they left and we never saw any other children the whole week that we were there so This is probably the kind of place where we're glad we went. We are glad we got to see that and what it would look like. But there are other places that we can stay in Key West or even probably there may be Boyd's down in Key West or the Encore Resort that's a little bit further up, kind of in the mid Keys, middle Keys. And then we would love to stay closer to Marathon because we kind of skipped that whole area because we were staying so close to Key West when we went. This Blue Water Key Resort is closer to Key West. It's about 20 minutes outside of Key West, so it puts you really towards the southern tip of the Keys. Most of the places in the Florida Keys are going to cost you at least $100 a night anyway, so $240 seems extreme, but when you're thinking that anywhere is at least going to be 100 maybe it's not quite so extreme. You might be able to get into a state park for a little bit cheaper, but those book up quickly and it's really hard to get into one of the state parks like Bahia Honda or something. So it's a great place to see. We have a full video review on it so you can check that out, but we probably won't stay there again. I just, I can't justify the cost and especially since it wasn't even our kids' favorite place that that they've been, it just doesn't seem like um, it'll be worth that for us so there you go looking back at our first year of traveling those are the five most expensive places we stayed two of them we loved so as a reminder that's fort wilderness and the west glacier koa we would stay again at the east glacier koa we may or may not go to pigeon forge again and we probably won't go back to blue water key So there you go, five most expensive places we've stayed. I'd love to hear about where you have stayed, where you thought, yeah, it was super worth the money even though it cost blank, or no, this place was not worth the money, wouldn't stay there again. Can't believe we thought about spending that much or spent that much at the place. So love to hear about that. Feel free to let us know on Instagram comments or on the blog post. And thanks so much for listening. Next week, we'll get back into our typical type of podcast as we will be talking about traveling with your kids and in your RV to Yosemite National Park. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you at the parks.